This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Do you love music? Then you need to visit Shearer's Music Works. From aspiring guitarist to touring pianist, Shearer's caters to musicians of all chords. In store, you'll find an amazing range of instruments and print music, and if your instrument needs a tune-up, they have on-site repair and servicing. Shearer's Music Works on Anglesey Street, Hamilton. Your total music store. Proud sponsor of the Back Porch Bluegrass Show on Free FM. Welcome to Back Porch Bluegrass. I'm your host, Paul Trenworth, and I hope you'll stick around for the next hour to listen to the show that I've got lined up for you. We have a really interesting guest on today's show. It's Colleen Trenworth, recently returned from her work in East Tennessee State University, where she was teaching fiddle. She was a senior lecturer in bluegrass fiddle, and we'll be talking to her and asking some penetrating questions today. And... uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy her responses to some of the questions that I had lined up for her. Uh, we'll get right on with the show. Many of you will have listened uh, to last week's show and where I played a tribute to Tony Rice. Well, there just wasn't the opportunity uh, in one show to play uh, a tribute to Tony Rice's music. There's so much music there and I think we'll be hearing quite a bit more from him in the next few weeks. Uh, but here's a tune from the Bluegrass Album Band Volume 1. Uh, I'm playing it in memory of Tony Rice who died on Christmas Day 2020. And uh, here he is with the Bluegrass Album Band with the song I'm On My Way Back to the Old Home. Uh, hope you enjoy this. Oh, 
Just superb bluegrass music. Uh, we'll be talking about that in the interview with Colleen. Uh, that the influence that the bluegrass album band had on today's young players who are learning to play bluegrass. But many people think the bluegrass album band wrote the book on bluegrass. Well, the material was there, but the, they just really brought it back to a new and newly invigorated life, and they played some great music. Many of you will have wondered why on the tribute show to Tony Rice I didn't play something from Skaggs and Rice, which is uh, reported to be one of the best-selling albums of all time in the bluegrass genre. It's their album, just Skaggs and Rice, where they're doing duets with guitar, mandolin and two voices. I'm going to play a track now, uh, the track called Bury Me Beneath the Willow. Um, it's all called... Often call other things as well, but bury me beneath the willow. Their version is superb. Tony Rice, Ricky Skaggs. No 
cares for me. Oh, bury me beneath the willow, under the weeping willow tree, so she will know where I am sleeping, and perhaps she'll weep for me. Yeah, that's just great music from Tony Rice, Ricky Skaggs, Bury Me Beneath the Willow. Well, coming up, uh, stay around because we've got the interview with Colleen Trenworth uh, coming up. But in the meantime, I thought I'd play a track from uh, one of the young bands that's come out from the East Tennessee State University, uh, and that's a band called Carolina Blue. Features Timmy Jones on mandolin and vocals, Bobby Powell on guitar and vocals, Ainsley Porchak on fiddle, and James McDowell on banjo and vocals, and Reese Combs on um, bass and vocals and they're playing some pretty high uh, high energy bluegrass music uh, some they've written themselves and some from other people but we're going to hear a tune from them uh, called what's it called we're going to hear a tune from them called Grown Cold here comes Carolina Blue <laughs> Inside my door, the world is slowly dying. Inside my door, the cold is just as real. She made up her mind that it was over, but she ain't had the heart to tell me so. These are the most burnt hot is on the ashes. It's turned into a love grown cold.
us from this fight that is It's a young band from Tennessee called Carolina Blue in their song called Grown Cold. You're listening to Back Porch Bluegrass. I'm your host, Paul Trenworth, and playing you some of the music that I love. We've got an interview with Colleen Trenworth coming up, so don't go anywhere. Back Porch Bluegrass is sponsored by Shearer's Music Works in Hamilton, New Zealand. The show comes from Hamilton, New Zealand, and Shearer's Music Works have been meeting the needs of musicians throughout Hamilton and the wider um Waikato area for more than 50 years and if you go in there you'll be surrounded by Martin guitars and deering banjos and ukuleles of all size and colour and number of strings and mandolins and fiddles and drum kits and keyboards and uh, you can go there for any of your musical needs. Uh, all the music staff uh, are very helpful musicians, they know the sort of thing that you want and um, you'll always be able to Meet some musical needs at Shearer's. I'm delighted that they're sponsoring Back Porch Bluegrass. Uh, what's happening? We've got Kiwigrass coming up uh, soon uh, on the first weekend in February. Uh, if you go online, uh, you'll be able to just type in Kiwigrass 2021 and you'll find uh, the webpage. You can get tickets and there's a lot of live music coming up there from the Friday evening through Saturday and Sunday. There'll be some great live music from New Zealand bands all over. Pippi Pickers will be there. You, me, everybody will be there. Uh, Hamilton County Bluegrass Band will be there. Um, oh, Melling Station Boys will be there. Uh, Wires and Wood from Auckland will be there. Lots of people will be coming to play and uh, join in with us and have a great time. Uh, we've got an interview with Colleen Trenworth coming up, so I thought I'd play uh, one of my favourite tunes that uh, she played with Hamilton County Bluegrass Band, and that's from our Encore album, uh, recorded in 1997 uh, in Rotorua with Noel Lamberton as the engineer. And uh, the album was called Encore. Uh, the band was Colleen on fiddle, myself on banjo, uh, Alan Rhodes on guitar, David Calder on mandolin, and Jeremy Trenworth on bass. Uh, we all did some singing and uh, this is a Kenny Baker tune called The Cross-Eyed Fiddler and it's one of my favourites um, enjoy it Thank you. 
Well, I'm delighted to have with me in the studio Colleen Trenworth, who has returned from her uh, stint at, I guess it was more than a stint really, uh, at uh, East Tennessee State University, where she was a lecturer in bluegrass fiddle from 2012 to 2020. We're delighted to have you back with Back Porch Bluegrass, Colleen. Thank you. um, It's a pleasure to be here again. I've been looking forward to being back in New Zealand. Well, you've picked the right time to come back. Uh, the USA is having a pretty hard time with the COVID-19 pandemic and New Zealand has um, fortunately uh, survived it pretty well, really. Oh, yes. And uh, New Zealand is highly regarded around the world uh, for that very fact. And, um, yeah, the New Zealand Prime Minister especially is uh, very, very respected and highly regarded. In the political scene as well. That's great. Uh, Did your particular area of Tennessee get hard hit or stay out of it? Well, where I was was the easternmost, eastern, northernmost corner of Tennessee and um, often regarded as a very safe place tucked away in the mountains there that um, seems to miss the worst of the cyclones, hurricanes, snowstorms and... And we seem to miss this uh, COVID-19 outbreak as well for a good long time. And um, uh, most people I knew didn't know anybody personally who had actually caught it, but it's a different case today. Oh, Over the last well. few months, it's, um, it's, it's become closer to home for people because I think everyone now knows someone who's, who's got well, it. Well, yeah. oh, that's tough. Mm. That's tough. Well, we're delighted that you're back in New Zealand. And uh, but uh, when people ask what you were you doing in East Tennessee, and we describe the job of lecturer in bluegrass fiddle, people think that's a dream job. Is it really a dream job? Well, it was for a good long time, and um, because um, I, basically I was teaching students um, at university age to. Um, to uh, or tra- training them up to be in a performing band, and um, and also teaching fiddle and um, at all levels. So yeah. I had um, I had beginners and uh, I had a couple of the very basic bands, but I also um, taught uh, two or three of the top bands. So it was challenging for me, uh, but really doing what I love to do. Yes, in the in the classroom, um, working out arrangements of songs, which I've always loved to do, and, mm. you know, working out the chords, and and also making really close friendships with um, the students of university age. Um, I'd always taught younger children, school-aged children, up until I left New Zealand, and um, it was a different... Um, dynamic teaching students because um, they were kind of almost at your level um, intellectually and some of them way past me actually <laughs> <laughs> to be honest but uh, and you end up becoming very close in a in a year of teaching and then um, it's very sad to see them go at the end of the end of their four years and I've kept in touch with a lot of them. Oh that's great. Mm. Um, I can imagine that uh, 
ev- everyone in the band of university age students, and let's face it, that's what we were when we started playing Hamilton County. Exactly. Every member of the band brings something different to the band and brings in a skill or a or a chosen direction and to meld them into a five piece or six piece band must be a real challenge was that your role or did you just sort of uh, mm. were you the chairman of the committee so to speak um i was i considered myself a coach um because I, I mean i thought it thought it through very early on a lot of the students that came in were way better than me on fiddle and so um right. and certainly on the other instruments as well so you know, a, a basketball coach doesn't have to be better at his team at members at playing basketball. So mm. um, I thought of it like that, that I was melding them, uh, a disparate group of students that often had never, well, they'd never met e- each other before. In some cases, they came in already as friends, but um, but also maybe people from different countries Oh, um, you, you had some overseas students as well? Yeah, we had Japanese and um, Norwegian and uh, Canadian and, uh, you know, several different... We had two um, two from Iran uh, wow. who came in because they loved country music and they weren't allowed to play country music in their own home. And, wow. Uh, hmm. So, um, you know, you can imagine it was challenging and... Um, but a wonderful experience. So, so when you had a class of students coming, and you were going to take the band, and let's say the band was called, uh, you know, um, Bluegrass Firelight. Bluegrass Firelight, mm. and you had a, a class scheduled. Uh, did you have a curriculum, uh, or did you have a program? Like when you went into that class, did you know what you were going to be working on that day? Um, not initially that that developed as the semester went on as i I drew from the knowledge and experience of the students themselves you know mm. from material yes and um I'd usually try and find songs that they knew already, so at least each student could bring one new song to the program and then um then the rest of the students would add add their ideas and uh that's basically how it worked. But um, as as we went on and we were practicing up for specific performances that were coming up, then definitely we had a, you know a definite schedule each week that that fitted in with that goal. Did you all kick off with an instrumental just to warm up and then do an unaccompanied vocal tune usually. to warm? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, yeah, I'd, I'd usually say uh, to the banjo player, "How about playing something in G?" Yeah, <laughs> and, and you uh, found a banjo player who could play something in G. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> well, they were all um, listening to their to their um, heroes, which was usually the bluegrass album band. Yeah. And um, if a banjo player or if a fiddle player went to start a a tune that normally a banjo player on the bluegrass album band would start, they'd they'd receive horrified looks. Oh no! Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you know the album band tunes—they always start the same. And, uh, okay, well, you have here uh, an album with a picture of a young man that I've met, and an absolutely delightful young man, mm. uh, Aaron Frosty Foster, and the album's called Opening Doors. 
Uh, would you like to talk about that and then we'll play a tune? Okay, well, um, th- yeah, this this album I chose this to start with because it has, has significance in, on several levels. Um, Frosty became just such a close friend to me. He was one of the most delightful students we had and he just couldn't leave. He just, we could not get him to leave. He a program that <laughs> a program that actually a university program that was supposed to take four years took him eight years, <laughs> and um, he just Love absolutely it. loved it. But he he did have problems with his um, you know finding the classes that fit in with his with his program, so that he actually could complete a degree, okay. and he got stuck on having to learn a foreign language and. Uh, <laughs> Serve him right. So it was, <laughs> it was French, um, but he was in um, from day one. He was in one of my bands every semester. Wow! And um, he was just delightful, really reliable. And um, whenever I um, sent a text round saying, "You know, can you guys play at this event um, in two weeks' time?" He would always be the first to reply. Yes, I'm yes. in. Okay, great. And um, so this track um, is a well-known bluegrass song, standard, I Wonder Where You Are Tonight. And um, it features, uh, well, one of its features is um, a good friend of his, um, Ainsley Porchak, fiddle player, um, who was Canada's um, master fiddle champion for wow. for several years and America master fiddle champion as well so you'd imagine how challenging it was to take her on in a band but uh, she was just amazing and uh, so she and I actually playing twin fiddles in this one Um, and all of the other members of the band that are playing apart from Adam Steffi Adam Steffi is playing mandolin (laughs) he he, was one of the lecturers at the college too Yes, yes, he was. He was for a period, and um, he was also IBMA mandolin yes. champ, um, award winner for several years, about eleven years, I think. Yes. And the rest of the band are all students. Okay. Yeah. And Frosty is singing lead and playing guitar. Yes, he's he's um, yeah, he sings lead on this. When he first came into the program, he'd never ever sung before. Oh, neat. And so uh, we worked with him with his lead singing and he ended up being quite a good tenor singer as well so I wonder where you are tonight let's hear it Upon my window pane tonight, and though your love was even colder, I wonder where you are tonight. 
Your heart was cold, you never loved me Though you often said you cared Now you have gone and found another Someone who knows the love we share Well that rain is cold and slowly falling Upon my window pane tonight And though your love was even colder I wonder where you are tonight absolutely lovely to hear and it brought back a lot of memories because uh, Frosty played guitar for us when we played the 2013 um, IBMA yes. international section mm. yeah, so it's just great to hear him and he's doing fine. He's doing really well Yeah mm. um, we'll, we'll hear another track from uh, there soon. Okay. Uh, it just occurred to me while they were playing um, how, how are the students marked or how do they qualify or how do they come out with a passing mark or a not passing mark from the bluegrass program well it's a um it's it's kind of a debatable subject that's it's ongoing you know how do you how do you actually give a grade to students um especially when when we have all levels of students you yes. know and some of the students you know from the beginning they're never going to be able to play as well as um, Ainsley Porchak on the fiddle Absolutely. but you, you grade her at her you know the criteria for grading students is um, is pretty much standard you know that they have to show improvement they have to show that they um, have practiced their um, you know they get marks each week for having done their homework you know mm. practiced up the songs that they've been giving in their indi individual instruction lessons they have to have 
behaved themselves. They had right. to have um, uh, contributed to, at some level, to the arrangements of the songs. And um, you know, I think I think the the criteria criteria upon which they're given grades and given marks is is standard, but it works out to be different for each student. If you can understand that, <laughs> I, I sort of can, but mm. you know, I'm, I'm sort of thinking of all the musicians I know and all the situations in which we play, and I'm thinking, so um, do you say that was a great break? And I wonder where you are tonight. So we'll give them a good mark for it, or do you take into the fact that they stuffed up the backup and and and, and had to re-record it three times? Or <laughs> uh, yeah, they're all difficult things to to assess. Yes, uh, but you're not assessing, you're not giving a a bachelor's degree kind of based on one song, you know, no. it's the overall work that they've put into the to their playing and the contribution to the band and all that sort of thing. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of classes involved with um, uh, getting a bluegrass degree and um, yeah, there's a, they take history classes. Right, and uh, they take set up of set up of instruments and instrument repair classes, and they take uh, recording lab classes where they actually learn the basics of sound um, and how to set up a PA and break yes. down a PA. I mean, there's a lot to it. Yes. So it, when it's all put together, yeah, there's there's a lot of areas where they can excel. In one area where maybe another student will excel more in another yes. area. But you want to turn them out of there being useful to the musical world. Yeah, and generally they are, you know, and and that part of that is um, in that particular four years of a student's schooling, they mature quite a lot at that particular yes. age. Yes. And you see that maturation process going on, you know, in that particular four years of, this, of their lives. Wow. Uh, mm. um, there's another tune on here that I just love. It's got to be one of the most favourite tunes of most people, um, mm. Wayfaring Stranger, which mm. is just be just a great tune, and you looks like you've got a great version on here uh, with someone called Angel Edgman doing lead vocals. Yes. Perfect. A great name. Yeah, great Angel, name for that. Uh, yeah, and uh, and an Isaac Mayner. Isaac Mayner is the um, great nephew of um, J. E. Mayner. Oh wow! God, yeah. that's a, uh, a hereditary thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of heritage and a lot of history around that particular er area of East Tennessee, and um, we often get people come in who have got recognisable names, and you say, yes. "Oh, were you related to?" This person that recorded, like, um, there's a girl in one of one of the classes at the moment called Courtney Harris, and she's related to. A lot of people wouldn't have heard of him, but um, J. E. Harris was a one of the first old-time fiddle players in East Tennessee. Wow! And so she's related to him, and and has been brought up in a home and a church where they've always sung gospel music. Mm. You know, mm. it's just just that heritage is very mm. deep. Mm. And within the students themselves, and they bring that to the program and contribute that. 
Well, that's great. Well, let's let's listen to Wayfaring Stranger. You're playing uh, Fiddle 2, and mm-hmm. Angely Porchak is playing Fiddle 1, and this mm-hmm. tune will sound great with twin fiddles. I really love the twin fiddle sound. And, uh, well, let's hear it.
Well, that was just lovely. Really enjoyed hearing that. It's such a good tune. You went over there as what we consider to be an absolutely wonderful fiddle player. So how did having to teach fiddle challenge you in your fiddle playing or did you have to dig deeper into your fiddle playing to find out what you could teach people? How did you go about it? It's a good question. Um, I think part of the reason I wanted to do take part in this course initially was you know, I, I taught fiddle for so many years back here in New Zealand and felt that felt that I was kind of pretty much doing my own thing, teaching over there, uh, teaching here. So I felt to go over and sit under a teacher for a while um, over there, I'd, I'd learn, end up with a bit more um, knowledge, credibility maybe, and um, authority. Mm. And what I was saying to the students once I came back here to teach again, you know, and um, uh, I'd always, um, well, you'd you'd be the one to, you had been the one to collect all the recordings and uh, I've benefited from that, you know, and and that you introduced me to Kenny Baker Fiddle and didn't realise until I got over there how much of a, how influential he was you know, to fiddle music in, mm. in the bluegrass field. And also others like um, Bobby Hicks and yes. Hunter Berry. Yes. Are highly considered influential fiddle players in that region of the United States, but all over, really. And um, just as much as banjo players have listened to Bill Scruggs, you know, fiddle players have listened to Kenny Baker and... Uh, Bobby Hicks and uh, and now Hunter Berry. Way back in the 1960s and 70s when you were learning bluegrass fiddle and and doing a fine job of it because you had an ear that was attuned to picking up notes off the records, we'd play the records and you could hear the notes and, and play them. Is that how students are learning the music today? Do they sit at the CD or the record and and go through it bit by bit and work it out or do you tend to buy a, a book where the music's already written out? No, there's, well these days the students have their phones on them all the time and they you ne- hardly ever see them walking around the campus without earplugs in their ears listening, listening to music and um, so they're just absor- absorbing it all the time. Yes. You know, once I realised, once I got over there and realised how influential Kenny Baker was playing with Munro, uh, he, he he probably played with Munro more than any other fiddle yes. player. And um, then I thought it was important that, and I've talked talked to several of the other faculty. You know, I felt it was important that we get the students to the by the end of the, their four years there that they should know a lot of Kenny Baker fiddle tunes you know that, mm. that's part of what we should be teaching them that's just in fiddle music but yes, let alone uh, the other instruments well I'd go along with that yeah yeah and um, and Bobby Hicks as well and we have one advantage we have had one advantage with Bobby Hicks is that he's still around yes and um, he's ageing noticeably now but uh, he he still runs a um, as far as I know, actually, maybe things have changed over the last few months, but he still runs a jam session every Thursday night. Wow. About 40, 40 minutes from 
Johnson City were near mm. where I've been living. Yes. So he's been accessible mm. and um, very welcoming when people come along to his jam sessions mm. and great. invite them up to join in and play with them. And Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, uh, listeners to Back Porch Bluegrass are no stranger to Kenny Baker because he's one of my go-to fiddle players when I yeah. feel like I need an instrumental. But uh, uh, you've got a track here from the album uh, Grassy Fiddle Blues, recorded in 1974, and I remember listening to this album. I don't think we ever learned Grassy Fiddle Blues or Flopperino. They were, I think, my favourite tunes, but there were things on here that we learnt. And um, so pick a tune and, and we'll play it. But tell okay. us about the tune. All right. Well, I actually have learnt Grassy Fiddle Blues and... Um I've learnt most of the tunes on that wow. CD now, and uh, but I, one one of my favourites to play is Ducks on the Mill Pond. Yeah, and so maybe we could play that. Oh, let's let's hear Kenny Baker, Ducks on the Mill Pond, and it's Kenny Baker on fiddle, Bob Black on banjo, Joe Stewart on guitar. Remember Joe Stewart, mm -hmm. real nice guy. Ralph Lewis on mandolin, and Randy Davis on bass, and they sound like this.
Oh, that's a, that's a great tune listening to Kenny Baker. And so you went there and you examined all the all the intricacies of the fiddle playing. Did you write it down in music notation so you could teach? Um, no, I, but I do have a, a a fantastic book. It's almost like my Kenny Baker Bible. It's transcriptions of um, quite a few, maybe 15, 16 of his tunes. And I've really drawn from that book a lot. I had one student in particular uh, who was an older older guy and came to me because he wanted to learn the Kenny Baker fiddle style. And um, I probably have taught for him for about six years. He, wow. Like yeah. He was um, not doing a university degree. He was coming for lessons. And um, he and I would analyse the tunes, analyse the little phrases the chord structures and like it was I learned as much as he did you know <laughs> so we just we just sat and talked Kenny Baker and uh so yeah I, I drew from that that book but with most students um the ones who can read music it's helpful to them yes. if I print off the music for them yes. just photocopy from the book right or, um, the ones who can't of course then it's just a matter of teaching phrase by phrase yes yeah, doing it the old-fashioned way, two people sitting knee-to-knee. Uh, knee. Yes, knee-to-knee <laughs> knee fiddle playing, yes. Mm. Uh, that, that's that's really the best way to learn banjo, and in fact mandolin and that as well. Mm. Um, you mentioned Hunter Berry before. Um, it's probably just about time we finished up this uh, discussion. Mm -hmm. It's been great having you in here, but tell us a little bit about this album from Hunter Berry, and, uh, and we'll find a tune on that that we can finish up this segment of the show with. Yeah, um... I haven't learnt that many tunes off this this particular album, but um, it's an album called Wow Baby, and um, it just demonstrates a whole range of his styles of fiddle playing, from swing to old time gospel. And um, he's um, he's he's a local boy, really, but he's um, he now a fiddle player for Rhonda Vincent. He also teaches at ETSU. Oh, he's, wow. he's a fiddle player and teaches bands as well really gets on well with the students and um, is a fiery fiddle player. Some may say that his bowing is a real mess. But, uh, <laughs> who's <laughs> but he's, who's going to tell him that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's got such feel for the music. It's just, just ingrained in him. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, what's the tune of this album from Hunterberry that we well, can play? Let's, let's get him doing one from his um, heritage, uh, Ragtime Annie. Ragtime Annie it will be. Thanks very much for coming on the show, Colleen. Well, I really my appreciate pleasure. it. Thanks for having me. If we could do it again sometime, we'll do it. We will. Here comes Hunter Berry, Ragtime Annie.
Well, that was great having Colleen in the studio with us and being able to talk to her about her experiences at East Tennessee State University as a lecturer in bluegrass fiddle. Not many people we can talk to about doing that sort of work. Uh, Thanks very much for listening to Back Porch Bluegrass. I hope you've enjoyed it. Tune in again, however you're doing it, on podcast or on your local radio station. And uh, we'll take it out with uh, Hamilton County Bluegrass Band and Colleen Trendworth playing a great old fiddle tune called Sally Gooden. We'll see you later. Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.